Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my guest today, Timothy Connolly. Hello. Hi there, Shane. How's it going? It's going good. Going good. Now, now you were a uh, a contributing writer to Gygax Magazine at one point in time. Is that correct? That is correct. And um, Gygax Magazine is celebrating its 10th anniversary of its first publication coming up in the very early part of 2023, February, I think. And we're... Um, we're well, I anyway cannot believe that so much time has already passed. Um, I think it's got something to do with the older we get, the faster time flies. Or yes. <laughs> the more fun you're having, the faster time flies. Something like that. Now, Gygax Magazine is interesting. There were a lot of folks who contributed to it. I know one of the people in the contributing editors is actually lives up the street here, very close to me. And that's that's Tim Cask, who was also one of the editors on the old Dungeon Mag back in the day. I'm sorry, the Dragon Mag back in the day. I always get the two titles confused. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, Tim Cask is cool. He was the very first person to be hired by Gary Gygax as an employee for TSR Hobbies. And he later went on to become the editor-in-chief of The Dragon, which later became Dragon Magazine. And That's a magazine that inspired so many of us growing up and it certainly inspired Gygax magazine for sure. Well, we like to look at dragon mags here. That's it's a one, once a week. Usually we had, we took a look at an older dragon mag and look at one of the articles. What I like about the Gygax magazine is that when you take a look at it, it it's, it's over there. It's hard to find in my box of, of dragon magazines because it looks just like one of them. <laughs> it looks like it and it tastes like it. And uh, and if it, you know, if it walks and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And it that much, was a really cool duck. Yeah. And it, it pretty much was the uh, a way to bring back the dragon mags. And there's so much good content in dragon mags. Now, I'll be honest. I own one single issue of Gygax magazine and it's issue number two. <laughs> That's a good one to have. And, and that's and, the only one that I I current. I'd if anybody wants to send me the other issues in the mail out there, I would not say no. <laughs> well, yeah, you know they're still around, and <clears throat> I mean the magazines themselves are still around, and you can find them for sale. I think if you look on eBay or the secondary market, it's not too difficult to get a hold of them. They're not they're not super cheap to get a hold of, but also not super expensive either. Good to have. There were six issues in all. And if you get all six, then you've got the whole collection. Well, that's that's a lot easier than trying to get the whole collection of the Dragon Mags. I've, I've got. Oh, three, yeah. I got three boxes and I don't think I even have half of them. I might, maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> but, I love that Dragon Magazine got printed so much. I think it ended up having more than 300 issues when it was all said and done. Yeah, it is a lot. There was that reminds me, Heavy Metal Magazine just recently celebrated its 300th issue. So hooray for that! I didn't. I did not know that. I, I did not know that. We've got a trunk of old Heavy Metal mags somewhere in Appalachia, sitting in my uh, my my father in law's house. <laughs> it's it's a really cool magazine. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Oh yeah, they're, they're finally relaunching it with an issue number one starting next year. And they're going to close the first volume at 300, however many issues it is now. And they're starting with issue one. They're going to launch a, a brand new directive with the magazine. And I've already seen some interesting info about that. So 
if you're a, if you're a collector and you like heavy metal mag, watch out for their volume two issue one dropping. <laughs> That's gonna be interesting. So let's let let's talk a bit about about Gygax magazines. Uh, now you wrote sure. a few articles for it. Let, could you tell us a bit about some of the stuff that you had written for it and what what, what could be done with some of that? I submitted a whole bunch of articles to Gygax Mag. When when the first issue dropped, there was a big buzz around the hobby <clears throat> about this magazine and about the, the folks who were involved from the, the creative standpoint. And um, between the Gygax brothers, Luke and Ernie and Tim Kask and uh, the folks who were doing the, the artwork for the covers, I mean, these were classic legendary people who whose artwork had graced the covers of dragon magazine back in the day numerous times giving gygax magazine this feel like you said earlier of the early dragon magazine issues and um, i would say that a lot of the cover art started to resemble dragon magazine from around the time of the very early 1980s specifically it didn't really look much like the the early issues of the dragon when it yes. had first begun getting published in the seventies. That that uh, that is just such iconic and 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 so old school. I don't think anyone should try to to emulate that. But what Gygax magazine was able to do and to to bring people together on the same boat with the same mission of promoting the hobby and you know let's all help each other here and all of that. It was great and the mood was wonderful. Um, there was a lot of a lot of camaraderie amongst us, and I probably submitted about five or six articles for the publication, only one of which made it into print. You'll find that in issue four, and that was the Randomize Your Realm article. That's the same issue that has that great Den Beauvais art on the cover, that chess-themed cover. And uh, Den Beauvais, uh, you might know, was the, the fantastic artist who created such iconic Dragon Magazine covers like The Bridge of Sorrows and, of course, the Chess Piece series. Unforgettable art. Great to see him still doing art even today. Den does a lot of great artwork with the paint medium still, and he works on large canvas and he works with brush and oils. And you can find them on social media. It's easy to find him. And if you ever find that you might want some original art pieces of his, you can always touch base with him about that. He's more than happy to, to do that sort of thing. So um, from the artists to the writers to the editors, the, the Gygax magazine was the total package. It, it really had a lot of interesting tools that Dungeon Masters and GMs for other systems and even later editions of D&D could find uses for. Yeah. And as a GM and a DM, you always want more tools in your toolbox, right? So that's what Gygax Magazine tried to do. And, and I think it succeeded very well in that aspect. Yeah, I, I, here's the thing that I would like to see. And I don't know. I mean, I know that Gygax Magazine, I think there's an issue with trying to use the the, the, the name Gygax in this, in this manner at this point. I'm not sure 100% the ins and outs of all that but i would love to see something like that pick up again with the same idea kind of emulating what the old dragon mag did maybe I, someday I awesome. maybe someday 
Yeah, it, it, with a focus especially on those older like like OSE or o Osric AD&D first and second edition. There's so many different zines and different independent publications that have a kind of a unified thing. Like back in the day, we had Dragon Mag was kind of the place to go. Now everybody's putting stuff out everywhere. People that would have once just sent a submission in. Or you say, hey, just put it out yourself now. <laughs> well, it it won't be me, my friend, but <laughs> but someday somebody will unite the tribes and create this nonstop tour de force that never could have existed with all of the separation of, of these little camps that do their own little publishing yeah. things in their own little bubbles. Now it's nice to live in your own little bubble, mm -hmm. but it's also nice to leave your comfort zone, challenge yourself and go on an adventure, get some networking going on, meet other people who are interested and, you know, who are kindred spirits and, and see what the power of collaboration can do. I, I like that. I, I can like speak that. firsthand. It's, 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 it is a kind of magic. And I think that the closest thing that's going on right now that pops to my mind is the knock magazines but they don't definitely did not do as Gygax magazine did where they emulated the look and style of the old dragon mags. They've definitely done something completely different when it comes to the layout and all that stuff. Oh, that reminds me. Here's a look at uh, issue four. Issue four. Oh, yes. That's the one that uh, says hello to your issue two. <laughs> look, issue four, it's issue two. And Hi, then I've got two. piles of these. I was doing a comparison of the, of the flag on the top the Gygax and the dragon mag flag, the older dragons had that like um, sort of square color box around it, kind of like how time, or was it Time Magazine or um, National Geographic had? And this kind of uh -huh. emulates the later, the later style when it was just the full cover colored art and they started getting a little more into easily and people like that started taking over the, the art. I'm going to tell you a, a secret. Uh, this is one of my favorite things about the magazine that I that I never mentioned really, and it's that on the interior of the mag, mm -hmm. you can see that it's black and white art being given to you in addition to articles themselves. Yes. Black and white art that you can print out and color in with colored pencils, just make copies of. And I would do that quite often. Oh, really? I, That's nice. I, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. So sometimes as a dungeon master, I, I give our players what's called an art quest. And the art quest is if you complete the art quest, you get uh, a thousand bonus XP or 5,000 bonus XP, something like that. And the art quest is you have to take this art. Here's this black and white printout of art. Now you go and do your thing with colored pencils. And when it's ready, you give it to me. And if I, if I deem that it's a satisfactory coloring job and just not a bunch of scribbles, mm -hmm. then you just might unlock some bonus XP. Who knows? Now, I, I have no idea if other DMs do anything like that. But that's, that's one thing that uh, this magazine um, also helped to to foster for our group there's some uh, what i like about the issue that i'm flipping through here is I, I i really am interested in some of these um some of the advertisements that are in here here's a here's one for the astonishing swordsman and sorcerers of hyperborea the first edition box when it came out 
Uh-huh. They, they've got castles and crusades in here, which I play on my Saturday night game, <laughs> my regular Saturday night game. Uh, I, I, I love that those other systems are out there. It's great. There's there's so many flavors to choose from. Uh, the thing I like about that Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea is that it is just it is almost straight up AD&D. Anything I, I, I do with my AD&D stuff. You know, I can use all my AD and D books with it and everything else and modules. With it. It's, it's easy to tell. <laughs> the creator, Jeff Talanian, who made Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea, was the guy who uh, also is uh, a big first edition AD and D enthusiast. Yeah, and it's, it, well, it's well known, and, and as as are many of us, and certainly I am too, for sure. And he and he contributed to the Gygax magazine. The names in the front cover of this. There are a ton of ton of names of folks that I, I'm familiar with, some of which I've had on the show and some of which I've talked to about coming on the show in the future. But like Jeffrey Talanian's right there uh, in, in the contributing writers. I, I'm trying to figure out which of these. It's hard to look through it without my glasses. I didn't bring my glasses. <laughs> I need readers. I'm getting old. But hold it up some... to the screen. Maybe I can see. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, I don't know if you can see that's I can barely read that there. Yeah, the text is a little small for us old timers. I, I feel you. Yeah, it took me the Tim Cast illustrated, but yeah, there's a there's a ton of awesome creators that contributed to these. And there's a few in here that I'm not familiar with. Uh, a few names I probably have to look up and, and, and look out out there and see what else they've done uh besides this, see if they have other stuff they've contributed to as well. Uh it's 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 a masterpiece of a magazine. It's every bit as cool and impressive as a dragon mag. This is a, a very, very cool magazine that you could get both in print and on PDF. And um, if you have print copies of it, hang on to them because you never know. They they might really be worth in value someday. The, the collectibles market is so unpredictable. And I, I don't think I've ever once made the right call when I was growing up in terms of what I should hang on to that, that would for sure be collectible someday. I certainly didn't think packs of wacky packages cards were going to be collectible. But if, <laughs> if, you want, if you want to buy a sealed pack of wacky packages, you can find them on eBay, but it's going to turn you into a pauper. <laughs> it's incredible. It is, it is interesting to see what's, what's, what, what they're charging Lots of money for well, and, and like just with the AD and D books lately, uh, there was a point in time there where I was just kind of stocking up on books that I either had once and didn't have anymore, or had never picked up, and I was able to pick them up for dirt cheap, half the cover price or less sometimes, because nobody really wanted those old AD and D books for a while, and then at some point in time in the last decade, there was a rush on them, and suddenly they're like. You, you can't you'd have be hard pressed to find most of those books that were selling for 12 bucks cover price for 50 bucks at the low end sometimes some of those things are going for ridiculous amounts yeah you you only have to go back about 10 years or 11 years to to see the low prices for those books the the big surge in in the collectibles market for those books really began about seven or eight years ago yeah and then the pandemic happened and the, the collectibles market just went bonkers. And it wasn't even just AD&D books. It was magic cards. It was um, baseball cards. It was just about everything, really. Now I think that the market has stabilized a bit, but still you're going to be paying 
on average, I think anywhere from three to four times as much nowadays for a 1978 player's handbook. Yeah. First edition AD&D, as opposed to just a decade ago. Um, and who knows what it's going to be even a decade from now as the next generation, I guess, becomes less and less interested yeah. really, in, in first edition. I think we're about we're about 10 or 15 years away now, I think, honestly, from from first edition AD&D being uh, really a, a dead language. I I don't know. I think with enough games coming out that use those mechanics, I think there's there's always going to be a place for that game and those game systems. We got Osric and stuff like that nowadays because that's we, right. And they do still have the AD&D books for print on demand on drive through RPG. If you need a player's handbook, the covers are different, but it's all the rules, the same rules and everything that was there originally. So it's still there. <laughs> it's still there. It's still it's there. Still accessible. There. I hope it's always there. I really do. I, I think it will be for the most part, as long as we have role playing. And I think somewhere there will be someone playing the original game. We're about on time. Uh, you want to tell the listeners where they can find you online and, and check out, check you out out there? Well, the listeners can find us online uh, by finding me on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, if you find me on Facebook, that's uh, that's the key that unlocks the door to um, what happens with Benchley Academy and the first edition AD&D enthusiasts who join us there for adventure sessions and game shows and contests. And you know, my God, we give away so many prizes. It's nuts. Um, <laughs> you can find us. Uh, just takes a bit of searching, but seek and ye shall find. And Excellent. I look forward to seeing you around the bend. Thank you, Shane, for having us here today. No doubt. Thank you for coming on. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook at Wobblies and Wizards. Just search it. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom. We're on Patreon. Could really use support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.